Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message from the Nichols Road Campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Amen. It's so wonderful to share with you this morning. Kathy is a highly valued pastoral assistant here at New Day and a personal humongous blessing to Bill and I. And for all... Yeah, you can give her a hand. Um... And for all the years that we've been on the preaching team together, we've never team taught. So this is this is a new thing. It's pretty exciting. And um, so what we're going to do today is start a new series. It's a three-week series called Share Your Faith. And if you will remember, on January 1st of this year, Bill and I shared some focuses that we were going to have as a church in 2023, and outreach was one of them. And so this really ties into a big emphasis that, that we have here at New Day. And why, it's a little um, pop quiz time, why is sharing our faith? Why is outreach important? Jesus told us to do it. There's lots of room in heaven. Yes. There's a lot of hurting people who need to hear the good news. Yes, yes, amen, amen. Um, so we are going to start with the Great Commission. Jesus said to his disciples, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so as Jesus was ascending into heaven, this is what he left his disciples with. So it's super important that we key in on this and that we, that we obey and invite others to be in heaven with us. Amen? Okay, so our outreach vision for New Day includes sharing our faith in three spheres. My circle, our neighbors, and generous beyond. So my circle will be all the people you interact with on a daily basis, the people closest to you. Our neighbors are the people directly um, surrounding this church building and this property. And generous beyond is anything beyond that from across the state to across the globe. And it's not just generous makes me think of money. Yes, it includes money. It's not just money, though. It's our time. It's our resources. It's our prayers. And so we're generous beyond. So those are the three spheres and focuses that we have. So over the next three weeks, we're going to take a week on each one. So today's focus is my circle or our circle. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I am, was it, I shared about a year ago about your testimony. And one of the scriptures that I love is found in Acts 1, Eight. And this is actually the last teaching that we have recorded of Jesus. So whether it came before, well, obviously it must have come before the command because he was rising up, you know. So anyway, so Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so there's three parts of this scripture that we really want to focus on. The first is that he says, you will receive power. Amen. Amen. 
Did you know you have power? That original word means is um, in the Greek is dunamis. And it means the inherent working of the Holy Spirit in you. It is gives you moral power, power to do what's right. It gives you power of influence to influence people around you. It gives you actual strength. Amen. I could use some bodily strength, right? And the ability to do what he's called you to do. The Holy Spirit gives you that power when he lives in you. And um, what's interesting is Paul, when he wrote in 1 Corinthians 2, 3, he says, I came to you. Now, this is Paul, all right, wrote like a majority of the New Testament, right? He wrote, I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. Anybody ever think of Paul as that way? I mean, that just gives me so much hope. If Paul felt afraid or fearful or trembling, I mean, and and we could understand why, right? Like he persecuted the Christians. He went door to door, knocked on their doors, pulled them out of their houses and killed them. And now he's saying, hey, I'm one of you. There might be a little bit of fear (laughs) on both parts, right? But he went ahead because he knew the truth. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and he preached boldly. And you and I can do the same thing. And the next part says we are his witnesses. And this is, um, this is not, mm, this is not if you want to be. If you are a Christian, you believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, and you're following him, you are a witness. Whether you open your mouth or not, when people know that you're a Christian, they watch what you do. They see your actions. They see how you handle stress. They see how you handle anger. They see how you rejoice when things are going well. They're watching you. And you are a witness. Your life is a witness. And at the end of the verse, it says we're supposed to tell people everywhere. In the same, um, the the disciples, when he told them, you would, I'm going to go back, that you are to, to tell people everywhere, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Now, the disciples being Jewish would have gone, hmm. We're supposed to tell people in Jerusalem, the place where they didn't like you and they executed you. Okay. And then we're supposed to go to Judea, which are the neighbors who also rejected Jesus. And then we're supposed to go to Samaria, which is where racial tensions were high. Okay. They weren't what the Jewish people considered pure blood Jews. And so they looked down on them because they were racially different. And the ends of the earth would have been the Gentile world, which they were told to avoid. But that's what Jesus is saying, right? And so what do we know about those places? What what kind of um, correlations can we derive for this? Jerusalem is the people that you know, that you're close to, that you're friends and family with. And Judea are your neighbors, like people in Kalamazoo, in your own town. Samaria are people who aren't the same as you, whether it be culturally, uh, uh, racially, whatever the divide is, 
spiritually, Christian, non-Christian, same religion, not, and the ends of the earth. That means there is no place that you shouldn't be witnessing by your life with his power. Amen. Awesome. Okay, so we are going to look at two Bible stories, true historical accounts. Some, you hear the word story, some might think a fairy tale. Nope, these, are, these actually happen, these Bible stories, and they show us the effects that can, that can happen, that can have when someone shares their testimony. When you share your faith, something happens. And we're going to learn from these stories what can happen. So the first one is when the angel Gabriel appears to Mary. And as we read this, I want you to pay attention to how Mary's doing emotionally. Okay, here we go. So this is Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Okay, so where's Mary at right now? She is troubled. (laughs) She is shocked, most likely, maybe afraid. What a strange greeting. She'd never been greeted this way before. Okay, so this is how Mary's feeling. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Whoa. And then Mary says, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. So now how is Mary feeling? Yeah, someone said, good idea, but how's it going to happen? So maybe bewildered. Um, She's not responding in disbelief like Zechariah earlier in this chapter. But it's still like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, this is kind of crazy. Okay, and then what happens next? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Then Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. What jumps out at me so profoundly is that when the angel shares Elizabeth's testimony, Mary, it opens Mary's heart to receive the the unbelievable, amazing thing that God has for her. 
So this is huge. The effect that sharing a testimony can have is that it will help others open their heart and mind to receive Jesus. Okay, the next one that I want to look at is the Samaritan woman at the well. So her story is found in John chapter 4. It's a wonderful story. It's really long. Um, I'm going to read a good chunk of it here. Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, so he's, he's going um, back to Judea from Galilee, I believe. And so he's going through Samaria here instead of going around like would have been normal. And there's a well there. He sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans, as Kathy mentioned. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is that you've had five husbands and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Okay, I'm just going to um, pause right here. And we're going to get back to my, my point about the power of sharing your testimony. And um, I... Kathy and I are just excited to share another testimony from Mexico. <laughs> we had just, we were slipping in another one. Last week was amazing, right? Hearing everything that went on. Well, um, I just want to proclaim this message to all of you as well, because I can't pass by the scripture without stating this. So one of the days um, Kathy and I were able to have breakfast with four ladies from the Red District um, and so we went out to breakfast with four missionaries and these four ladies and the missionaries had been developing relationship with them over the last year. And it, they had built the relationship to the point where they would actually leave and, um, and, and, and spend a few hours away from their place of work. And, um, and to the point where they looked forward to it and they would be upset if the missionaries didn't come and visit them. Where were you? We missed you. So this beautiful relationship had started and they asked me um, to share a devotion with these women. And um, so the Lord led me to share this passage with them. And um, it's, it was applicable to them, but it's true for all of us too that 
um, the water that we drink, the things of this world, drugs, money, whatever it might be, will leave you thirsting again. It's, it will not satisfy. The only thing that satisfies is the living water that Jesus offers. It will well up in you to eternal life. And so I just want to extend that this morning as well, that um, Jesus loves each one intentionally. He took time to, to make a point, to talk to that woman, someone who's despised. Maybe you've felt rejected or despised. And God cares to tell you that he has living water for you today. And that was the message that we were able to tell them. And I want to bring that to you today as well. Receive his living water and you will thirst no more. And you'll have eternal life in him. Um, so anyway, you're going to share a little bit more about that later. But So here we have the woman saying, oh, well, I can see that you're a prophet. He just told her these things in her life. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Amen. Down in verse 28, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Verse 39, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. That was her testimony. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. Amen. Yes. So her testimony called out to others to come experience Jesus for themselves. It draws people when you share, it draws them to come experience God for themselves. So they can have their own firsthand experience with him. Amen. So now we get to share a little bit more about the red zone. And um, we knew we were going to be sharing. Um, we were going to, we had the opportunity. We actually thought we were going to go into the red zone. And just for clarification purposes, these people are prostitutes. Okay. So just. That, that's important. <laughs> that's what the red zone means or the red light district or that's what it's often called. And um, so we had the opportunity. We were actually planning on going into the red zone. And then we found out this amazing thing that they had developed this relationship with these women. And so we went to breakfast. We're sitting at breakfast. And um, earlier in the week, someone had asked me if I would be willing to share. I was leading the team if I'd be willing to share at um, one of the prayer meetings, something, and immediately I felt like the Lord said, you should share your testimony. And then they said, well, you know, um, something about prayer. Or, and I said, what about a testimony? And they said, well, if you want to test, you know, have a testimony about something that happened this week, that'd be great. 
and I just felt really strongly that it was about my personal testimony. And that's what the enemy started working on me and saying, everybody's already heard that. Don't share that again. They're, you know, especially your team, they're going to be tired of hearing you say this. And so I was like, oh, um, and I was faithful to what the Lord said. And it was really good at the prayer meeting. So we go to this breakfast and right beforehand, they said, you know, we would like, you know, someone to share. And so Marilee had prepared this message. And so we're sitting around the table and it was going to be after we had eaten. So after our horchata, horchata, um, and our really great breakfast, which is kind of funny because we both got a very Mexican breakfast and two of the ladies got something that looked a lot more American. It was pretty, pretty funny. Um, but we're, we're just chatting. We're asking like, what's your family like? What's this? You know, it just, and then all of a sudden, Marilee's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And then, um, the interpreter that had been interpreting for me got up with her because we were secretly going to pay for the bill. And, um, so they left and I didn't have my interpreter because we were talking about what Americans typically eat because they, they were telling us what they had for breakfast, lunch, and dinner in their times. And so we were just sharing. So I was kind of waiting. And, um, and then there was another interpreter next to me, but she was kind of engaged on the other side of the table. And so I leaned over and I said, hey, um, could you interpret for me? And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. And immediately the Lord said, share your testimony. And I was like, no, because because one, Mary Lee was going to share this this mess, you know, this uh, short passage, and and I didn't want, and I and I'm like, and the enemy is so tricky. He gets in your head, and he's like, oh, you're just trying to make this about you, you know, it's always about you, and and just feed you these little lies. And I was like, uh, I was gonna talk to them. I think I'm supposed to share my testimony. And fortunately, the missionary interpreter was like, you should definitely do that if the Lord said it. I was like, yes, I should definitely do that if the Lord said it. So, um, so I did, and I'm going to share it with you now. So my testimony is this, that once I lived my life for myself, I had two little kids and things were fine. They weren't great, but they were, you know, life is life. And I had these two little kids. And uh, about 10 days before Christmas, actually 10 days before Christmas, um, my youngest, um, at the time, son, was in a car accident and died. And um, he didn't die right away. He had a closed head injury. And it took um, about, mm, well, he was at, we were at the hospital for a long time. And in those moments, I realized that I knew people who knew the Lord. And if they prayed that maybe my son would live, but I didn't know the Lord and I didn't know how to pray. And so I tried to call and, and through the hours uh, to no avail. And, um, and, and my son actually died on the operating table. He had a closed head injury and they were trying to relieve the pressure and his little heart couldn't take it. And so in the days that followed, um, you know, obviously very desperate, I was in dis in the depths of despair and a woman um, who actually attended this church years and years ago, uh, she was one of the women I tried to find and uh, finally connected with her. And she shared, um, she just shared love with me. And I was like, well, I want to come to church. And so I attended this church on December 31st, 1989. 
and they were worshiping in a very different way than I had grown up with in a Lutheran church. And there was dancing and music. And I stepped out in the aisle and I closed my hands or closed my eyes. And I saw my son dancing in heaven. And I said, whatever you want, God, I will do whatever you want. And I got baptized and I got, I got committed to the Lord. And, and it was, it was great that I was saved. I still had trouble because of this world, we're promised trouble. Amen. Can I get an amen? Yeah. So um, rolling along and nine years later, had some more kids, had a little girl and she drowned in our pool. And that was the moment that I, that I really struggled with. I was wrestling with the Lord. I'm like, I know. And I prayed and I believed and it didn't happen. I prayed for her to be raised from the dead. I went to the the um, mortuary, you know, after she was being, while she was being prepared for the funeral, I went and I prayed and she didn't, she didn't come back. And the Lord dealt with me because I believed that when my son died, that that was God punishing me for my sins. And that is not the truth. And the Lord taught me that he's with me And he knows the pain that I have. And he willingly gave up his son to die for me. And it was a truth that resonated with me. He was willing to sacrifice for me. And I have learned that even in the shadow of the valley of death, the Lord walks with you through your hardships. And he does bring moments of feasting at his table. And there are more hardships in this world. But I know that my son, John Michael, and my daughter, Rebecca, are rejoicing in heaven. And it is well with my soul. And I can say that confidently. (laughs) When I got done... (laughs) Mary Lee and Alana walked in right at that moment. I was like, okay, God. And then she was able to share. And when we left the restaurant, um, we got in the car and Alana, who is the lead on this, she said, I said, I wasn't sure why I was supposed to share my testimony, but I knew I was supposed to. And she said, because these four women who work in the red zone it's going to mess with their heads. And I was like, what do you mean? And she said, because so often we stay in a certain place thinking, well, this thing went wrong in my life, so I don't have a choice. This, this circumstance happened and there's no other options. And the fact that you chose to continue to follow the Lord, that's going to mess with them. And so my, uh, I, you know, my testimony may encourage them to, to receive Christ and walk away from a sinful life so that they can have a testimony of their own. Now, your testimony and my testimony, um, we, when I shared last year, we, we talked about what's your life like before, what's your life like after, and, um, or I'm sorry, what's your life like before you encountered Jesus, what was your encounter with Jesus like? 
And what was your life like after? And so that long version may not be something that I would share with each person. But if I come across someone and, um, and they're struggling with grief, I will say, you know, I, I experienced grief. I don't know how you feel, but I, before I met the Lord, I had a son and, and he died. And I encountered God and he was with me in my sorrow. He comforted me. I never was alone. And that changed my life. And, and it's helped me every day since then. That would be the shorter version that I would share. And Paul, you know, I, and so often I, you know, I said I was afraid. Do you know that God in the Bible, God says to remember over 500 times in the Bible? He recounts to people, especially if you're reading the Old Testament, it's like, remember when I delivered you from Israel. Remember when I fed you manna from heaven. Remember, like he had to keep telling them to remember. Um, Paul, he, I didn't even realize it, but Paul shared his testimony over and over again. He's like, don't, you know, like um, he, he, in 1 Timothy 1.13, he talks about how before when I was persecuting Christians, I met Jesus and now I'm proclaiming him to everyone. Right? So we have people in there in, that are sharing their testimony over and over again. And Mary Lee is going to share her testimony. Oh, okay. <laughs> Remember? Okay, so. Right? Well, I was going to share later. Oh, but you can share later. Yes, go on to your point. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm so full of testimony. I'm excited about it. Sorry. Yes. Okay. So the encouragement today is to really um, point out that as his witnesses, we are meant to share our faith with others. And so we're focusing on our circle. And so that is going to include sometimes sharing your salvation testimony of, of how you got saved. That is a wonderful um, a story to have a long version. She mentioned a long version, a short version, ready to share. We must, we must be ready to share. But it doesn't have to be just your salvation story. It can be something that God did in you as you were working out your salvation um, for me, and, and this is something that came out at a River Sunday months ago, um, I was sharing about how I used to just think because I grew up a Christian that I didn't have a testimony. And so I just kind of felt like, oh, well, because it's not a dramatic salvation story, I guess I don't have anything worthwhile to say in that department. But God really showed me that, that no, I have something to share. And what it is, is is how I learned what God is really like as I grew up, especially in my, when I was about 19 years old, God showed me that his love for not, for me is not a general um, love that he's, that he kind of has to obligated to give me. He created me. Okay. I guess I have to love you. It's this um, intentional on purpose love that sees little things, cares about the little things. And he allowed me to find, um, allowed us to find a diamond that had fallen out of my engagement ring. And it was a profound miracle 
And um, I, he just spoke to me and said, I see you, I love you, you're that important. His love for you is so specific. For you, for you, for you. Don't reject his love. Let him love you. So I want to encourage you to, um, to have these testimonies ready. And we need to share them with people who don't know um, God. But we also need to share them with other believers. Christians need encouragement. And so let this kind of um, open you up to all the possibilities as you go throughout your day. Amen. So um, the other thing I want to point out is that sharing your faith in your circle is super important because this sphere of evangelism is the most readily available. You're in it every day. You might go to the ends of the earth, maybe once a year if you go on a mission trip. But do you see my point? Like this is our day in, day out experience. You're constantly engaged with your circle. Okay. And these are going to be the people that you... um, Well, I'll talk about that in a minute. I'm going to let Kathy go next. <laughs> so one more, one more quick testimony um, from the scriptures is in, found in 2 Corinthians, th- uh, um, 1, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 11. I'm going to read it first, and then I want to pull something out of it. And it says, this is Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. He's starting his letter. Okay, so... Corinthians were a church in Corinth, and he wrote letters to them, to that church. He wrote 1 Corinthians, and then the follow-up is 2 Corinthians. And he says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us for the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with comfort through Christ. Even when we're weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. And then we'll jump down to eight. It says, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned only to rely on God. Amen. So when we do this, what he's saying is this church needed comfort. They're experiencing hardships and they're experiencing things that are, that are troubling them. And they need to know, how do you receive comfort? And so then he shares a testimony and says, Hey, by the way, this happened to us. I needed comfort and I found it. And now I know how to rely on God even more. And, and, and that is a testimony And so when you're, when you're, you know, going through life, 
You can, you can, um, see where someone's situation is and you're like, Oh, they need comfort. I have a testimony about comfort or the other day, Caitlin just left the room. Caitlin, I was, I interpret at this place and this, in this class and the, the professor is very much a science person. I I'm 99.999% sure not a Christian just from the content from which he taught. And I, I've been asking God, like, how can I, what can I tell, you know, how could I open this up and just at least share that I believe that Jesus Christ is, (laughs) is real. And he just got done teaching on um, diseases and how diseases are in your body and in your cells. And there's no way to, to change them. They're just the way it is forever. And I was like, I left, the, I was getting ready to leave the class the, uh, right after last Sunday. And I said, hey, you remember, you remember that, you know, that thing about, I just went on a mission trip. That's why I was gone the last two classes. And one of our team members, she has celiacs. Well, she doesn't anymore. While we were there, she totally got healed. I mean, we ate Whataburger at the end of the trip. And he looked at me and he was like, well, sometimes that can happen. Okay. So I, I, I just, I mean, be ready with your testimony or someone else's testimony or a Bible verse that, you know, or you, I, I, when people ask me to pray for them, I felt so guilty for years. I'd say, oh yeah, I'll pray for you. And I didn't do it because I didn't have a mechanism to remind me. Now I have this one app that I love and I put in there when people ask me to pray, I add a prayer request and then every day it generates things. And sometimes when I'm praying for those people, I feel like the Lord says, yeah, you know, reach out to them. So I have people in Tennessee. I have people in Mexico. I have people different places. And I, I reach out and there are sometimes God just puts them. I'm, I'm praying for them because they're wanting somebody to pray for them. And I can't tell you how many times they've been like, Oh, really? I'm just going through this thing today. I so appreciate that. It's like it, it, it fuels my faith to pray for them right? And my daily devotionals, I'll, I'll like read devotional means you're reading the scripture. Okay. So in case you didn't know, so you're reading the scripture and you're like, Oh, that's such a good word. Lord, where could I use that today and meditate on it? And then you don't know who you might encounter that needs that word right then. That's so good. Thank you, Kathy. So, um, the next thing that I want us to talk about is how important It is to be intentional, to take a little bit of time to prepare to share, okay? And so um, how many of you can relate to this that you would be happy to share, but you don't know exactly what to say, and then the opportunity kind of comes and goes, and as you're leaving or later in the day, you think, oh, well, maybe I could have said something, but I didn't does anyone relate to this okay good I'm not alone so um I think our challenge in doing this as a church effectively is life is so busy right there's so many things going on so many activities to-do lists it's busy and we're doing a lot of good things I'm not getting in on us on that but what I'm saying is 
we have to take a little time to be intentional, to prepare, to share, or we won't be ready and we won't. And so an example of, of how I, now I didn't do this every day, but when I would, um, I was a, a hairdresser for 15 years before being full-time pastor. And so what I would do most days when I remembered is I'd pray on my way into work. So this is a really practical part of the sermon right now. We're going to get really practical. So I would pray on my way into work and just say, God, I commit this day to you. I just pray that I'd be ready, whatever you want me to do or say, to encourage people toward you, toward the kingdom, that I would be willing to do that, that I wouldn't be ashamed to speak your name. Um, and, and so I would prepare my heart in that way. Sometimes I would know which clients I was going to see that day. And so I would intentionally say, is there anything you want me to say to so-and-so? I know this situation, last time they were there, they told me they're having this trouble with their sister or their son's going through this. And so, okay, God, do you have an encouragement? Do you have a word? And he might share a verse from my Bible reading that I could give them or a coworker. I know they're struggling with this area of their life. So I could say, okay, God, how can I encourage them? And I would just kind of take a little bit of time to prepare that way when I was at work and I was in the moment, I would exponentially, uh, I would actually say things. <laughs> I'd actually do it. I would actually um, help them and pray for them. And so it was huge if I took a little time to prepare. And sometimes I forgot in the car. So literally my preparation would be as I'm walking the sidewalk up to the door because just reality, right? And um, if I was, if you're first at your job, um, you can pray a lot of times if I was the first one there, I would walk through the salon and I just say, Jesus will be worshiped here. I claim this <clears throat> ground for the kingdom and I would just pray over the different areas. And so think about how you can do that. And really it makes a huge, huge difference if you take a little bit of time to prepare. Um, Verses right there. First Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And so we do need to take some time to prepare. And um, your circle, the people that you're going to talk to, believers and unbelievers, is anybody that you see on a regular basis. So it could be coworkers. It could be maybe you're part of a sports league. And so you see these teammates every week. Maybe you have a weekly game night. Maybe you regularly go out to dinner with a group of people. Maybe you go to toddler time at the library. Maybe you're um, in college. And so you're going to see these classmates all semester long. But um, maybe you go to a certain office. And so you see a certain receptionist fairly regularly, or you have a cashier in a store that you go into regularly. These people are in your circle. And before you go in, you can take a minute in your car and just pray for them. God, if they don't know you, I pray that today would be the day that they would acknowledge you. Is there a testimony that I could share? Is there an encouragement you want me to give? And just take that moment to, to pray for them. So one of the one of the things that broke um, through for me when I and I was working at a public school, okay, public school, large public school, um, and I just when I uh, went into this classroom, the teacher was crying, 
And so it's just meeting people where they're at. And I, I mean, I could see she's visibly upset. And so I went to her and said, Hey, you know, are you, you know, is everything good? And she's like, Oh, I'm fine. And then after class, I was like, uh, and this was very bold for me at this point in time. I was not, I did not feel bold, but I just went up to her and I just said, you know what? I just want to pray for you if that's okay. And she goes, please. And she grabbed my hands and God gave me the words and I prayed for her. And afterwards she just shared with me something deep about her life. And I actually had a testimony that I could use to share with her. And so it's just being compassionate to the people around you. And it's so easy to be going, I just got to go get milk. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to look at anybody, but, but you might miss an opportunity. God wants us to be ready in and out of season. Amen. Yes. And I also want to point out that your circle expands with whatever you get involved in, right? So maybe you volunteer at alternatives. Or, you know, you get involved somewhere in the community or in the city. Okay, you just opened your circle to include those people that you're going to see on a regular basis. So think about that. Think about right now, who is in your circle that you could encourage, that you could share a testimony with. And then as you go throughout your day-to-day life, be open and ready to share a little encouragement, to share a little prayer, and see what God will do. It will be awesome. Okay, so just in review of this morning, we want to um, remember that it's the Holy Spirit's power in us that will enable us to be his witnesses. And as believers, we are his witnesses. We're called to do that. It's not, it's not an option. It's just part of the package. It's part of what we signed up for, <laughs> as, as, as Justin reviewed the, the terms of the agreement this morning, this is, this is part of it. It's the way you live your life, but it's also being willing to open your mouth at times too. Um, and the idea that you all have something to share. Don't think, oh, because I don't have a dramatic salvation experience. I don't have anything to share. Okay. You all have something to share. Maybe you were healed recently. Maybe your friend was healed recently. Um, maybe you had an encounter with the Lord while you were reading the Bible and it really transformed your life and you want to share that. Remember that sharing your faith helps others believe for themselves and it draws others to come experience God for themselves firsthand. And so take time to be intentional. Take time to prepare, even if it's a couple minutes as you're going throughout your day, we are called to reach our circle for the gospel and for the name of Jesus. Amen. So let's respond to that. Let's just take a moment. I would like you to just close your eyes and, I, and ask the Lord, what is my testimony? Or what is something you want me to share? It could be something even that we talked about today. And I'm going to be a little bit bold and ask you to also ask him right now, 
whatever you thought of, whether it was a scripture or your testimony or a healing or whatever it is, just ask him, who do you want me to share this with? Yeah. And now I want you to do a very practical thing. You may open your eyes and either pull out your phone or a piece of paper and write down what you just heard. Okay, you're not pulling out your phones and you're not pulling out paper. I'm serious. Because you this is your time to prepare. I'm giving you a practical time frame. You've got nothing else to do. We're not I'm not saying we can go until you do this. <laughs> Lunch is calling and you're not done. So write something down. Take the time to write something down. Bill? Do you want to close or do you want me to close? Oh, sorry. Okay, I have to give him a minute. Oh, yeah, I see a lot of people writing. Good. Such good students. <laughs> and it's good. Stepping out in faith increases your faith. When I prayed for that lady at school, it increased my faith and boldness, and I ended up praying for multiple people after that. Not, not the next day or the next week, but over the following years. I, it increased my faith to see God and to step out in faith. Because the truth is, there are a lot of hurting people outside the church and inside the church. And if you have experienced God in a real and powerful way, you need to share that with someone else. Amen? Amen? Yes. Amen. Thank you, Kathy and Marilee. Yeah, so um, I'm just pumped up about this series because... It's commanded by Jesus that we go and share the good news. Um, like we said, there's so many people in this world who are hurting and need it. One thing I was thinking as they shared, and I'll get you dismissed here, is um, I lived a lot of years of my life as a Christian under the assumption that people didn't want to hear what I had to say about this. And it's a false assumption. I bet some of you have had that one too. Actually, there are people who are incredibly hungry to hear your testimony or your snippet from God's word that's on your mind. It's exactly what they need. And if we prejudge the situation or our expectation is that they don't want to hear what I have to say, we'll miss all these opportunities that God wants to use to reach someone who is hurting. You know, there are people who are going through their grief stricken or they've never gotten over past grief and they're just waiting to hear Kathy's testimony, you know, or there are people who are a Christian but are totally disconnected from a vibrant life-filled experience with God. They're just waiting for Marilee to share how God transformed her 
understanding of how he loved her personally. And so when Kathy asked us to write, I started thinking, well, I sort of have a catalog of ways God has, a catalog of testimonies. And I bet you do too, if you've been a Christian for a while, you know, I started thinking about like a kind of a bigger one, like Kathy's when my dad died when I was a little kid and I felt so alone and how he comforted me and he was there for me. And we started coming to church, my mom and I, because of that. It's led to so many good things in my life. That's a big one. But then there are little ones too, you know, um, just little things. I shared one this morning about giving, how I've felt the favor of God in my career, 20 years as an engineer, and I attribute it to sort of a give and take, a relationship with him in the area of finances. I gave my tithes and offerings, and I experienced increase throughout my career as an engineer. It's a little testimony that might speak to someone who is in the corporate environment, you know, who, or who is struggling with finances or, or whatever. And there's little things too, like the Lord spoke to me this week in uh, the scripture reading, and it just hit me in this way. I've got, I can put that in my catalog for this week. And you have a catalog too. So don't just write down one, but broaden your thinking about what you have to say and who you have to say it to. So we'll spend two more weeks in this series talking about that. We talked about my circle this week, the people that you're in contact with regularly. Next week, we're going to talk about our neighbors, meaning the people who live within a stone's throw of this building where we worship the Lord every week. And I'm totally pumped up about that. And then in the third week, Cameron will share about generous beyond, being generous with not just our money, but our time, our energy, our prayers, to the ends of the earth. We just went to Mexico. It was amazing. That's an example of generous beyond. You can go to Tennessee. Kathy's leading another trip in, in just a couple of months here in June to go to Tennessee. And so you can engage with that generous beyond. It's going to be so great, you guys. Would you stand up? Let's just end with a quick word of prayer. Father God, thank you for the testimonies recorded in scripture. Thank you for the testimonies of people who heard your voice and talked to me. Who talked to us about the good news, Jesus, that you're alive, that you're well, that you made a difference in their lives. And may we be faithful as the New Day Church family to speak prolifically, <laughs> to always be speaking about who you are and what you've done for us. Thank you, God, that every person in this room who's a follower of the Lord has a testimony to share multiple. Help us to do it and learn to do it well. In Jesus' name, amen.